Welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 308, and welcome back to my front porch here in Phoenix, Arizona, chilly Phoenix, Arizona. It's been awesome. It was like, ah, gosh, I think it was like 44, 45 this morning. It was amazing. Like, I got cold breath. I'm like, what is happening? It was the best. So I took my dog, uh, Huxley, for a walk. He is a wired-haired griffin. So look it up. They're the coolest dogs in the whole world. So uh, he's like my dude. And so he sits out here with me in the morning on the front porch, and we go for walks. And, yeah, it was just like a really beautiful cold walk. And then in the mornings now, you know, because I don't know the time of year or whatever, it's pitch dark out at like six. And so I think I was up at, you know, five thirty six something like that. Anyway, and then went for a walk. And yeah, I was just I realizing in the morning that early how quiet kind of little everything is. And we live in the city. I mean, we're we're in the city. And at five thirty six in the morning, it's just like it's kind of bizarre. It's this weird reality, like it's an alternate reality because almost like at 6.30, it's like all the traffic starts picking up. Even the birds are like, yo, it's time to wake up, you know? Um, but at 5.36 in the morning, it's just so quiet. And it's kind of cool. Like when I go on my walks, that's the time when I'm just kind of like listening, like, man, what is, what's going on? And uh, I realize, like, you ever, if you've gotten quiet, in the last little bit, you start feeling a bit, you kind of feel a little bit crazy. You know, all these, you're, at least for me, my brain's all over the place. I have to try to focus in on a thought. And sometimes I just let the crazy go wild. Right? I just let it, um, they have this, um, they have this way in like contemplative prayer. So contemplative prayer is like what kind of in our world would be like meditation. And so contemplative prayer is I'm focusing on Jesus. And I actually have a place I go to and I just sit there with them and we talk. And, but they have this uh, idea, and this might be helpful for some of you. It's like when you start getting distracted, when when a thought pops in, like say you're in this this time with the Lord and a thought uh, jumps in, don't let, don't get like, don't freak out. Like it's okay. But I always meet next with the Lord next to like a river. And so I just take that thought and I just kind of toss it in the river and just watch it go by. And it's okay. Sometimes it comes back and it's all right. But I just keep tossing that river and I I keep kind of slowing down. So it's fun like in the morning to kind of try to see uh, how to really stay focused in on the presence of the Lord, to stay focused in on uh, what he's trying to teach me. And again, this is not like every morning and it all works out and this is great, but there's these times of quiet where the quiet becomes this real centering place of just slowing down and listening to what he's trying to say. And a lot of times we just sit there, you know, and it's this really, again, for some of you, you're like, whoa, this is like way out there. But for me, you know, I've spent my whole life praying, spent my whole life reading the Bible. And I was like, man, it's just, I, I really struggle sometimes, really struggle. And so this kind of contemplative prayer has been a really good way to kind of slow down, kind of slow down. And I literally just... I, I see myself sitting on a log and it's just me and the Lord there and we're talking and um, most of the time I'm doing a lot of talking and then a lot of times I just wait, I just wait there. Um, and you know, I, it's not a long period of time, but it's enough to just go like, ah, 
slow down, take a breath, breathe it in. That's that's why I end the podcast the way I do. It's like take a breath, relax, you know, like just calm down and really listen because he's got some things he wants to tell you. He wants he's got some things he wants you to know. Uh, thank you all for uh, listening. I really do appreciate it. I mean, gosh, three hundred and eight episodes is a lot. And so some of you might be tuned in for the first time. Some of you may be have listened to every single one of them, which it's awesome. It's just awesome. So welcome. Just so glad you're here. Thanks for listening. I've been saying this the, um, uh, the maybe the last couple times, but there, there's that little subscribe button in your podcast kind of stuff. If you just hit that, that'd be awesome. Super helpful. Thank you. And then also, if you would like to be a part, give a donation. Uh, there's a little tab on Lovewell, uh, or sorry, Lovewell, on a frontporchconfessional.com. If you go there, um, you can click on, I think it says partner, and click there, and there's a bunch of different ways you can give. So thank you for those of you who continue to give. Really appreciate it. And now we head into our passage. I got to preach this weekend on Galatians 4, and this this part of the passage really, really got me. And so it's Galatians 4, 8, 9. And it says this, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world? whose slaves you want to be once more. Wow. Galatians 4, 8, 9, I'll read it again. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world, whose slaves you want uh, you want to once more be. Uh, I uh, got to speak at a conference a couple weeks ago. I'm not sure if I talked about it, but I got to speak at a conference a couple weeks ago. Uh, a mental, um, it was like a you know mental wellness kind of thing, a biblical perspective on m- mental health and. And uh, they asked me to do a panel. So I did a panel. I podcast that panel. And it was three. I had three different people up there uh, with me. And, and then it was like you could text in your questions and ask the questions. So it was really cool. Got an awesome time to do that. And um, one lady had uh, texted in and she had said, uh, what do we do? She said, how, like, what do we do or how do we hold on to God when it seems like everything's falling apart? How do we hold on to God? And this wonderful sage of a woman, um, she's older woman. You never guess eight people's ages, like bad news. But one, an older lady, just sage, very wise. She was on the panel and she was like kind of signaled to me like, I'd like to take this one. And she just said, um, what I have come to find is it's not a matter of I'm holding on to God, but rather that he's holding on to me. And that, that rocked me. And I think like I was watching the, the crowd and it was like, oh yeah, isn't it interesting how often we start with ourselves 
This is what's happening here with Paul, right? What's happening here with Paul is he's talking to these Galatians about how that these people kind of enslaved them. This is, you know, Galatians is kind of this letter that's written in a forensic kind of tone. He's trying to like very fatherly, trying to go like, listen, they're trying to pull you back into legalism. They're trying to pull you back into these uh, 613 laws, circumcision, and and you, some of you are buying into that. And then he kind of goes, yeah, but but wait a second. But now that you have come to know God, right? And you're like, yeah, that's where most of us start. Like, I know God. And then Paul catches himself. This is what I love. And it's almost like he, he's like, oh, wait a second. Or, or, or hold on. Or rather to be known by God. And it's almost like Paul in this moment was like, yeah, he's like remembering his story. Like Paul's remembering that he was like murdering people in the name of Yahweh. And just in case you're wondering, Paul loved God. He just didn't know Jesus. And he's murdering people because he's so zealous, so zealous for the law, so zealous for God, for Yahweh. And yet he missing, he's missing Jesus. And, and what, what Paul's going like, man, I was pursuing after that and trying so hard. Maybe that's you. Like you've just been trying to hold on <laughs> to God, right? And what Paul remembers in his story is like, wait, in the midst of that, the risen Jesus met me. By the way, I got to pause real quick. A shooting star literally just shot across the sky. It's so cool. Anyway, sorry. But like, Paul's going like, he met me on the road to Damascus. He met me. He met me on the road to Damascus. The risen Messiah met me and he saw me and he saved me and he gave me a new life. He came to me. He's holding on to me. It's not just about what I do. No, no, no. That's the byproduct of what it is to be held by the Lord and to be understood that you're held by the Lord. And I think that's why so many of us get it so wrong. That's why for so many of us, we're so exasperated, so worn out, so torn apart, so stressed out, so anxious. It's always about this pursuit of reaching out, reaching out. Instead of just going like, I think even just even as I was talking about contemplative prayer, like, no, 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 realizing he's holding on to me and really listening and focusing in on that. And it's almost like Paul, is he's ripping off like all this truth and all this wisdom. He's like, and it's about, and you know God. And he's like, wait a second. No, no, no. Rather, it's about him knowing you. Like he knows you, he sees you, he cares about you. Do you feel that? Do you sense that? Or is it always this pursuit? I got to tell you, this was so convicting for me this week. I have been pursuing the Lord all these years. I really have. And I'm so grateful that I have. But to be honest, it's exhausting sometimes. It's exhausting. But I tell you what I haven't done a lot of. I haven't done a lot of slowing down. And just, and just realizing that he's holding on to me and has been holding on to me, that he's near to me, that he cares for me. It's For me, it, it's, it's, it's like this is Paul's preaching to me because it's like it's always a, a bucket it's a, or, or it's always a checkbox. It's always like, a, okay, read your Bible. Okay, pray. Okay, sit on the front porch. Okay, like go to church and tithe and help people and be kind. and Right? It's just do, 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 do. And what Paul's going like, no, 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 he met me 
He came to me. He rescued me. It's all about him. It's always been about him. My response is, oh my gosh, I know God because he first knowed me, know, has known me. And I just, man, it just rocked my world. And that's why Paul like kind of continues on here of going like, why would you, if that's the reality, why would you turn back? And he, and he says this, to the weak, worthless, elementary principles of this world whose slaves you want to be once more. Why do you want to go back? Why do you want to go back to that life of guilt and shame and never feeling like you could measure up? Now, here's the thing about the law. The law can convict you. It can't. You can read the Bible. You can, you know, you can pray and feel that. But guess what? Those things in themselves can't save you. They can't forgive you. Only, only Jesus can only God can. Now, the Spirit can convict you, right, through these things. But if we focus in on all these things, we forget the one who actually did the saving, actually did the rescuing, actually is the one holding on to us. And Paul's like, all these other pursuits, they're, they're useless in light of coming to really know him. So why would you go back to 613 laws? Why would you go back to a complex uh, a sacrificial system? Why would you go back to circumcision, right? And for us, he's going like, why would you go back to being in bondage to legalism? And it's just like legalism. I was having a conversation with Morgan, who works on my staff with, at uh, Phoenix One. And I was like, I think goodness has become my God. That's what this was teaching me through this passage. And I just like am trying to really repent through that. Just always trying to be good, trying to do the right thing. And I'm like, wow, I'm just slipping back. Instead of going like, you know me, you love me, you see me, you care about me. And it's not like being good's bad. But if it takes the place of really being known by God and knowing him, then it is. And I think I slipped into that. And maybe some of you have slipped into that. Or maybe you're like, no, 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 he doesn't really know me. Like, no, I, I've done too much sinning. I've done too much, you know, I've done too much stuff in my past. And Paul's like, really? Because I'm a living example of somebody who literally was murdering people. And he met me. He knows me. He sees me. And he loves me. And I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. Because here's the reality. I think this is so important. When we start with ourselves, that's generally all we ever really get. And it's why so many of us are just spinning out, are overwhelmed, and are so stressed out because it's just all about us. So I wonder if we'll heed to what Paul, like as he catches himself, I wonder if we'll heed to what he's saying. Hey, he hold, held on to you. He holds on to you. He knows you. Start there. Preach that gospel to yourself so that the byproduct of that is that you would really, really know him. So the question is this, do you sense that God really knows you? And I think that what I'd love for you to do is go, why or why not? Like, do, do you sense that God really knows you? Why or why not? Father God, I thank you for your patience. And for me personally, and I think for so many people in the midst of trying to figure out what it is to really be known by you and to really live for you, thank you that you first loved us and you first know us so that we can really come to know you. So 
take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own heart. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.